feature Fridays with a band of boys. Brenton, do you know the controversy of Seth Rogen's 2014 film, The Interview? I do not know the storied history. Please fill me well, in. Well, buckle in, buddy, because we're going to be talking about it today. Ooh, click. We haven't got a listener suggestion this week for a topic, because obviously this is our first episode. So welcome, everyone, to our show, Feature Fridays with the Band of Boys. And today we're going to talk about something topical that's in the movie world each week. And we're starting off with something very political, Brenton. Now, have you seen The Interview? I have not, unfortunately. I've seen a couple of scenes at the start uh, where Zac Efron, for instance, is being interviewed by James Franco. Oh, and yes. I, I think I think there's a fart or something and Zac Efron's <laughs> all like, oh, I tasted or some shit. <laughs> Classic, classic gag, classic gag. Brenton, your, your one scene that you've seen from the movie is also a pretty good summation of the movie. It's not very good. So Zac Efron tastes shit, is that what you're a saying? A little bit, yeah. Okay. If you, if you don't know, the interview is a film about where James Franco has to interview and then assassinate Kim Jong-un, a autocratic dictator, you know, who's who's leading North Korea. And so we thought, since, you know, Trump is in the headlines this week and, you know, there's all this shenanigans going about in America, let's talk about how Hollywood responds to something like this, where, you know, someone is empowered that shouldn't be. Mm. So, Brenton, there's a lot of controversy that that surrounded the interview, right? Mm. It's out of decades ago, right? In the in the 2000s. We're going to go back, Brenton. We're in the early 2000s and Seth Rogen had an idea, right? For a movie where a journalist would assassinate a world leader. Are you hooked? I'm pretty hooked because you just sounded like Kenneth Branagh walking with dinosaurs being like, let's go back to the Jurassic period. <laughs> it, was, it was something else. But yeah, yeah. so I, I'm on board, Nathan. Great. Let's do it. Well, anyway, he hired a screenwriter, Dan Sterling, to write this script about a fictional dictator in a fictional country. But then Rogen and the Sony executives are like, you know what? Why do it in a fictional nation when we have so many real nations with real dictators? That's not going to cause any problem for us down the road, is it? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it will, but please continue. <laughs> Brenton, your clairvoyance is correct. It absolutely did. Because they changed the screenplay to assassinate Kim Jong-un. The script came together quite well, and they got really excited when Dennis Rodman, the NBA star, went to North Korea because they're like, mm. you know what? If this fucker can go visit Kim Jong-un, I'm sure James Franco can too. I'm sure Kim Jong-un will get around that, you know? Who wouldn't want to be visited by James James Franco Brenton. I mean, he visits me all the time. It's great. I know. He just won't stop. It's annoying. Uh, <laughs> so the script came together, right? It's all fine. Filming was actually fine, right? They got the script off the ground. They filmed it. There were no big issues. So they filmed the fucking thing. And then as the filming wrapped up, Brenton, trouble started to brew. Oh, no. So the Korean Central News Agency, the, the KCNA, they released a statement that the government promised, I quote, stern and merciless retaliation if the film was released. Merciless? Oh, no. I know. <laughs> That's the worst type of less. <laughs> could, could you imagine being like Seth Rogen and just be having like a joint with uh, James Franco and being like, good work, man. Like, you know, well done. Good rap. Good times. And being like, oh, no. <laughs> threatening, they're threatening a, 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 a merciless revenge. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh. Like, holy shit. Anyway, continue. I don't have the evidence for this, but I'm pretty sure they, they were stoned when they got this news. So like, and Seth Rogen <laughs> is constantly stoned. So I have it on good authority yeah. <laughs> which means i don't know how serious he took this but like anyway they released this statement and um and they continued it saying that if the film was released it would be considered and i quote a most blatant act of terrorism and war oh my dear so, lord that's that's not good that's how north korea responds to a movie you know i don't think trump said anything like that when he's seen like alec Baldwin. i think he's just said like he's shit you know <laughs> I, think, I think it was like he's just untalented you know anyone any 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 act um, creative i guess that speaks out against trump is is simply labelled as uh, infamous and uh, not talented and doesn't deserve yeah. to be what they are. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's like when he had to go up Meryl Streep. Oh, that's right. Like, he said, like, he said he's, yeah, overrated, isn't that what he called it? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the most overrated actor ever. And it's like, okay. Cheers. Cheers. And then at the Oscars, like, like I think she was introduced as the overrated Meryl Streep. She got like a standing O or whatever. Like, yeah, that sounds about classic. right. Classic. Yeah. So this statement was released, right? So North Korea, it's it's kicking rock sprinting in, in the United States directions. It escalated even further when the United Nations North Korea ambassador um, said the production was an act of war and depicting the assassination was the most an undisguised sponsoring of terrorism. So North Korea is, you know, getting pretty angry about all this from all sides. And The Guardian, as they were reporting on this, ended up writing in their article that this was actually the most perfect publicity for the movie. Because do you remember at the time, like, I, I didn't really hear about this movie, Brenton, until all this shit started happening. Did you get the same thing? I'd heard that they were doing a film, but I didn't know that this was, that it was about this. Oh, right. Until all this started coming out. And I didn't realise as well, because I, I presumed that the film would just be about, as you said at the beginning, a fictional dictator. So when it started coming out, that it was actually <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Like, like Randall Park, yeah. Th- this makes sense, because I was like, wow, that's a really overblown reaction, given that, you know, I'm sure that it's pretty obvious that it's Kim Jong-un in the movie, but, you know, it's not like it's actually him. That's like, oh, wait, no, it's 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 actually, you know, it's actually the character, Kim Jong-un. Imagine, imagine having that on your CV. I played Kim Jong-un. <laughs> this is you I go in to read for another character like Randall Park's like walking in for like Ant-Man and the Wasp he's like you know that, that time I did play Kim Jong-un can I join your Marvel Disney franchise and like you know what Randall Park you're doing good things come join us oh dear anyway Nathan continue I want to hear the uh, the climax so oh, don't you so the North Korean agency wrote to President Obama asking to have the film pulled right and Obama Ooh. said no he said we're not going to do it we got freedom of speech in this country America so then on November 24th 24 an anonymous group identifying themselves as the Guardians of Peace, which is the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard for a hacker group. It's like those like stupid like hacktivist like groups you see on like shitty TV shows, you know? It's like on, like NCIS. Oh, absolutely. Uh. Yeah, yeah, and they've all and they've all got their shitty uh, hacking programs that all just look like the Matrix. Yeah. And the music's playing. It's like some fucking cheap ass music. It's like dum 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 dum. And they're always yeah. played by like really beautiful actors who have been like nerded up, so they've got maybe like scruffy hair yeah. and a pair of glasses. <laughs> Precisely. Uh. Yeah. It's no yeah. good. Anyway, so the Guardians of... And a check shirt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jesus. I wear my checkered shirts when I hack things. So the Guardians of Peach, they hacked Sony, right? This is like the most famous thing to come out of this whole story, right? Sony got hacked. But part of like the demands that the hackers made for Sony was to say to... That Sony had to pull, I quote, the movie of terrorism, which everyone kind of understood to be um, the interview. What if they were talking about The Amazing Spider-Man 2? <laughs> like, I feel like that's more of a terrorist film than the interview. That's, that's terrorism of my childhood, like... <laughs> Seriously. They see Paul Giamatti's <laughs> rhino and they're like, oh shit, this is what America's been planning for us. Like. <laughs> I felt assaulted watching that film. Anyway, continue. <laughs> that was the true act of terrorism. Uh, but it's funny because like, they like dumped all these films that had yet to be released. So like the movies they hacked was like, do you remember like 2014's Annie? Oh my God. With Jamie Foxx yeah. as well. He had a bad year, oh, man. man. Like he had a, he had a, <laughs> He had a bad run. He uh, did Django Unchained and then things just went down. Thank God he made soul. Well, thank God things are on the up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They also hacked on um, 2014 Still Alice. So that got dumped on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Julianne Moore, you know. Dude, this this just feels like yesterday, dude. Like, yeah. it's crazy. But it's like, funny because, wow. like, the biggest thing that came out of the actual Sony hack what, had nothing to do with the interview. It had to do with the leaked emails from Sony about Spider-Man, which eventually got the rights reverted back to all shared between Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, like, the main good that came out of this. We got to see, like, Spidey play in the MCU. Thanks, Kim. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks, North Korea. <laughs> but the main thing is that it didn't stop the filming distributed until 
like late December when uh, Sony decided to pull the wide release, right? They decided to um, instead yep. dump the film into like indie cinemas. The South Koreans thought, hey, this would be a great opportunity to get this film into North Korea and know to illuminate the people about the horrific things going on in their country because it's like they already don't know, right, Branson? Yeah. This is a real thing. So a South Korean human rights organization group called Fighters for Free North Korea. What they did is that they organized a balloon drop where they literally tied DVD copies of the interview to balloons to float over the wall between South and North Korea and then land <laughs> so that a North Korea citizen could just stumble upon a DVD <laughs> and watch James Franco's The Interview. Does it sound like a good strategy, Brenton? No, but like incredible. This is a real thing that happened. <laughs> so anyway, North Korea caught wind that this was being planned and they said, released a statement saying if any balloon were to cross the border, this would be a declaration of war. <laughs> so imagine a fucking balloon with like James Franco's face in it, just like, <laughs> and that's what starts the Korean War again. Uh, Could you imagine like nukes launched launched over this thing? Uh, like, oh, and again and again, James Franco and Seth Rogen are just sitting at home having a dart, yeah, uh, waiting for the world to end, uh, in which they probably made a movie about. In fact, they did make a they movie did make about. a movie about it. Can you imagine that was the you know this is the end. That's what happens. Like they're all just sitting there after making the interview, and then suddenly, suddenly, like nukes just start firing, and that's how that film <laughs> yeah. happens. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's all comes down to the interview. That's the main scapegoat for nuclear war. I also feel like two things. One. Sony's always getting hacked, and <laughs> you're not wrong, man. <laughs> and, 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 and like, like Sony gets hacked more than any other company. And two, I feel like this is like Pineapple Express. Like yeah. it's like a real world Pineapple Express actually happening, and like some simple in- little thing is started by <laughs> Seth Rogen and James Franco, and it ends up in some stone flick that they're just like in in way over their heads, and maybe Danny McBride's involved, and it's a real time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like that should be Pineapple, Pineapple Express too. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they'll just adapt this story into like Pineapple Express too, where they're yeah. about the making of the interview. You know, they can't. You know, Sony cancelled the film. They got like a lot of shit for this. So Obama. And this is a quote from Obama when Sony oh cancelled the film. He said, "Sony made." a mistake. We cannot have a society in which some dictator in some place can start imposing censorship in the United States. I wish they'd spoken to me first. I would have told them, do not get into the pattern where you are intimidated. So Obama says this, but if you're a Sony exec, do you think you just like somehow contact the president, which in itself is a mission, <laughs> but just like contact the president <laughs> saying like, should we release this shitty movie? Yeah, well, I think the executives would have been sitting there going, wait, 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 what? Like, wait, we're expected to contact the president like every time like we're, <laughs> we, we, we're thinking you're pulling a movie like Obama. Like, <laughs> like, like Obama, man. Oh, Woody Harrelson. He's not, I, I think he's going to pull out of Venom 2. The North Koreans are leaking new wigs that we got for Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and rightly so. They're probably thinking, yeah, if we made that call, we'd probably be laughed off the line and be like, oh, it's like you're wasting our time. You're mas- wasting my time. Yeah. But no, uh, Obama encourages contact. And it's so funny because, like, the movie came out, and at the end of the story, Brenton, it's fine. <laughs> the, the movie's like nothing, and it kind of came. Yeah, and nothing went. happened. Classic. I've seen it. It's like it's nothing that special. Like it's funny at points, but like at the end of the day, it just it, this controversy overshadowed it. So what a time! Twenty fourteen, seven years ago. Wow. The reason I bring this up, Brenton, is that uh, you know the headlines of today of this week, I should say, is you know Trump being Trump, you know, and then there's this huge drama about you know his final days in office. So I'm asking you. 
when Hollywood eventually makes these movies about Trump's four years, you know, do you think it'll stir a similar controversy that we saw with the interview? Look, I think Trump will have, uh, will say what he wants to say about it, as, as, as he always, always does, yeah. I just think that it's inevitable that eventually there's going to be content made, uh, well, films specifically, biopics made on Trump. I think Brian Cranston has actually come out and said that he really wants to play Trump. Yeah. That he's like, that he's like, oh, I find the character really Shakespearean and it's like a, a, a tragedy, so he'd love to play. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because then I think, was it the National Theatre or the Royal Shakespeare Company did a production of Julius Caesar? Yeah, where they showed Trump getting assassinated, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Trump was Caesar and um, Ben Whishaw, I think, was Brutus and the chick that plays Catelyn Stark was Cassius. Oh, right. And so, 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 so it already kind of started in the theatre world, I guess. But uh, look, the, the biopic's inevitable and it's going to be basically be between be between Brian Cranston and Leo DiCaprio or something yeah. for, the, for the role of Trumpy. Maybe that's what it'll be called, Trumpy. But I feel, I honestly, <laughs> feel like by that point by the point in time that film is made well and truly going to be at least 10 years down the track at least yeah i feel by that point no one will give a shit probably so, not no. <laughs> so so yeah I, I i just don't think it's going to be that controversial another reason i bring this up as well because normally we take your suggestions listeners we're going to ask you to write in and give us topics that you want us to try about each week in our main podcast classic movie banter we reviewed the great dictator this week the charlie chaplin film where charlie chaplin had a very similar experience where he made you know a film about hitler and he got a lot of heat when he was making that too in the same way that Charlie Chaplin made a heat with that, do you think at any point, like obviously there weren't, there wasn't hacking back when Charlie Chaplin made The Great Dictator, but do you think that like Charlie Chaplin would have had the similar reaction as like Seth Rogen? Yeah, Charlie Chaplin sitting at home having a blunt and just like being like, wait, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> what's, what's going on, man? Yeah, look, I think like obviously that it's it's pretty storied that Charlie Chaplin would have had a response, being like, well, this is this is uh, this is art, but it's more than that for me. I'm really trying to send a message out to the world. I feel like that's a key difference between Charlie Chaplin and the interview. I feel like Charlie Chaplin had a genuine message, whereas like if you have, if you've seen the interview, it's just like James Franco fucking about. <laughs> like, well, the way the way he told that story was literally like, oh, was this going to be some random dictator? Yeah. So like, look, I think that's still trying to send a message, and it's probably you know it's it's a message of, of peace probably, and like you know to point out the flaws in these systems. But at the same at the same time, like you know the. <laughs> Like, it, it actually is pretty similar, Nathan. Yeah. Do you think Seth Logan later on will be lauded for making this controversial film, you know, standing up to Kim Jong-un the same way that Charles Chaplin stood up to, like, Hitler? Maybe. Look, maybe eventually, if North Korea is taken down one day, let's say, yeah. I think you could point to this and be like, well, like, you know, like, they were they were trying to... <laughs> Seth Rogen will cl- claim responsibility. It was all me. <laughs> it'll, it'll be part of the storied history of that whole a whole ordeal, right? Yeah. But similarly to Chaplin, I it, it's just going to be like a, a comment on it as opposed to being the thing that actually causes change because like even though like you know the the great dictator has a lot to say and I'm sure like it was really stirring for for certain groups I still feel like it didn't really change the war no (laughs) if it did Jesus that'd be a weird footnote in history wouldn't it yeah no so art's not there to actually make the significant change but it can instigate it yeah we asked our listeners this week what they thought of the great dictator when we reviewed it on Monday and on our Instagram the links are below listeners 100% of you ended up liking the movie from the polls which is fantastic uh not fantastic for you Nathan because you gave it a thumbs down because I didn't like it look I'm sure there's people in agreement with you nathan that it's just you know a great speech and uh. the film itself isn't worth watching but uh but yeah i i still think it's it, it's worth a watch
watch. So there you yeah. go. And so do our listeners. I kind of hope that Biden, you know, does chaplain speech, you know, in, in his inauguration. That's what I want. Just like, <laughs> you are not machines, you are men. <laughs> I feel like if that happens, like, oh gosh, like the next few hours after that speech, if he ripped off the great dictator, would be saying that he ripped off the great dictator. Yeah. Hey, it's still better than when Trump ripped off the Dark Knight Rises. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> they should have got, they should have got literally Hans Zimmer alive to play uh, over that as well. When Trump's like, and I give the, your power back to you, the people. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Uh, Could you imagine if he ripped it off, though, to the point that he's being like... He even does the voice. <laughs> I've got I've got a letter, letter here from Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> and it says this. <laughs> I've got to hear from the Attorney General, who I just fired. <laughs> Harvey Dent didn't try to... Uh, uh, didn't do anything. Uh, Batman didn't do anything. He saved my boy. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Yes, yeah, Jesus, Trump like? resigned. <laughs> Uh, but I was on the internet this week, Brent, and I was chatting to the listeners of the show. I've had some great things on The Great Dictator that, that are there. So BuzzFeed recently, uh, last week, posted an article called 20 Old Movies That Had Surprisingly Woke Moments, which I love. I love that this exists. And Dictator ra- ranked it number four. And one of the users there, Enoqua Wo, commented on it, The Great Dictator has the best movie speech of all time. I was thinking about this, because obviously we love the speech this week, but do you think it's actually the best speech of in the movies? I think it's up there. I, I do think. I truly believe it's up there. I mean, what... What other speeches come to mind? I mean, The Dark Knight Rises, Braveheart. Braveheart's pretty good, man. Yeah, Brave Braveheart is pretty good, but I feel like the films surrounding it... Um, I feel like we're forgetting a key sports movie where, like, <laughs> you know, they're, like, huddling the team together, being like, you know what, fucking deliver. <laughs> and they're like, okay, coach. And he's like, remember the Titans when he's like, that guy's all like, they'll remember the Titans. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> That, like that speech uh, oh man we had to watch that movie in school oh, I remember so that shitty. I remember we had to watch Denzel and we were like I enjoyed Remember the Titans uh, it's 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 pop it's popcorn it's cheese so you know? it's like cheese though. on your popcorn I remember the scene by- <laughs> there was so many cliche scenes in that film uh, but uh it was it was fun it, it was it's a good time good on uh, you Denzel what's what's shittier you. is it the is it Remember the Titans or the Blind Side because I swear we just kept on alternating between both in school oh <laughs> Blind Side sucks, dude. Uh, I don't understand why anyone likes that movie. That won Oscars, man. It's yeah, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a true story. It's a fantastic story. Is it a good film? No, it's not. Is Sandra Bullock deserving of an Oscar for that? Absolutely not. <laughs> what does she deserve an Oscar less for? That or Gravity? Uh, Gravity. But I feel like <laughs> the film that she does deserve uh, an Oscar for. Actually, no, that's that's bullshit. No, it is. It's it is the Blind Side. Yeah. The the movie she deserved the Oscar for was uh, Miss Congeniality. Let's be well honest. Done. But um, I was trying to the listeners on reddit about the great dictator and a couple of things i really love from the conversation was a couple of listeners mentioned how there's a youtube version of that speech that charlie chaplin does to the inception soundtrack of time you know that like final song that plays have you seen that video i have actually i have it was it was it went viral a few years ago yeah everyone's all like oh look listen to this speech holy shit it sounds so good do you think it's better do you think it actually improves it no i hate that song i hate that it's it's overused well i think it's a good song i just think it's overused it's used like in every montage now that's true. It's like, oh, f- oh, feck, look at it's this. Like, this He's like the 10 best performances ever. And it's like to like, yeah, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Or, or it's like, oh, this dog, this dog, its back legs stopped working and now I can walk again. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> What's on Brenton's newsfeed? Music playing, and I'm like, it's really cool and whatnot, but can we stop playing this song? Like, seriously. But I agree with him, because there's, I think nothing plays, but I think Chaplin's Speech is So Powerful doesn't need a, like that kind of moving soundtrack. It does distract. Nah. And because that song blares in the end, it's like, oh, shit. You can barely hear Chaplin. They do a tenet. They can barely hear the words. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, if you want to chat to us during the week, listeners, uh, there's plenty of places you can do it. Where can they find us, Brenton? Well, my friends, you can find us on our weekly podcast, Classic Movie Banter. You know that podcast will review films that are older than 20 years. So if you want some more film reviews uh, from us, the Banter Boys, check out that podcast, uh, which is on all podcast services such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube. Yeah, it's a good time. It's great. If you want to get in touch with us personally, though, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. You can also send us emails. We love to hear from you all. And you can also send us emails and send in suggestions for films for us to review. If you want to get on to us on about this show, just comment on any of our feeds across all of those platforms and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Yeah, and email in if you've got an idea for a topic that you want us to do each week because it'll be driven by you listeners. We want to chat about stuff that you guys want to hear about. So yeah, we'll start off a couple of weeks probably with just us and then we'll pass the power over to you. Yeah, next week on Classic Movie Banter, I can, I can reveal right now that we will be reviewing The Big Lebowski, but not only that, we're welp- we are welcoming another special guest, Nathan. Are we? <laughs> this is like all suddenly news to me. I'm like, wow. Thanks for <laughs> consulting me with this decision-making process. From Hunting Hunter, Eamon Moses, who is going to be joining us next week on Classic Movie Banter for The Big Lebowski. It should be a good time. We've Nathan. just got him like under like a cage with a blanket on top of it. He's just like standing by. <laughs> it's like when we had your mum on the podcast. He's in the trunk of the car. Yeah. He's ready to go. <laughs> We're just going to throw a mic in there and say, record now. Uh, anything for his freedom. So yeah, we'll see you guys uh, on Monday and Fridays each week. Yeah.